Hello ladies and gentlemen, Mark here with episode, I think it's six, of the Grad Life podcast and I'm very happy to have with me today M. Cole from the recruitment team in Google Sydney. Hi guys. Um, and yeah, Em, tell us a little bit about yourself. Por favor. Cool. Hey everyone. So my name's Em. Um, I am at, are at Google in the university recruiting team. Um, I studied at Macquarie University in Sydney. Um, I studied an arts degree focusing on media and journalism. Um, and I've been with Google about five years now. And you were the first face for me in Google. So when I joined in Singapore, you were yeah. uh, on the team there. So I was based in Singapore office for a little while as well as London. Um, and while I was in Singapore, I was a Noogler champ, um, which basically means you get to like onboard all the new Googlers, which was super fun. So I ran Mark's orientation, um, <laughs> probably the craziest group I've had <laughs> during my Noogler times. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, one of the fun like extra projects I get to work on yeah. beside my core role, which is really fun. I always thought that that would be like the dream job because... For a lot of people, like the ultimate goal is to end up uh, working for Google. They just think it's the dream and all the food and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you're the person that A, tells them you've got the job, come on. In. Yeah. And then when they get in, you're like, welcome to the club. Welcome to the dream. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like just nonstop craziness for two weeks for them. That's why I love it so much though, because you take them all the way through the recruiting process yeah. and then they start and you're there on day one yeah. to be like, here's all the cool stuff you get of being part of Google yeah. and like, see, I told you it was good. You get um, them before work starts. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, before their inbox opens and they see what they've got to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a really cool thing though. Yeah, um, I love my job. It's super fun. And I've thought about um, doing it as well. I've thought about like looking into it and that sort of stuff. You've really I'm good just, at it. I'm just, uh, just because I'm like nuts, but I've just told you <laughs> of my, my other plans, which we'll delve into on a later episode, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like a fascinating job. How'd you get it? How'd you get there? So you did, what did you do at Macquarie? So I studied media, um, at Macquarie. Right. Um, so that was like a lot of journalism, cultural studies, things right. like that. And um, what was the plan at that point? So the plan at that point was I was doing a bit of video production and radio. Um, so I actually wanted to be a journalist. Right. Yeah, very different to what I'm doing now. Um, I did a lot of English when I was at school, love writing, um, and really thought that was the path I was going to take. Um, and to be honest, I, I wasn't the best uni student. Um, if anyone studies at Macquarie, they'll know there's, I don't know if it's still there actually, there was a beanbag room, um, which was just like full of giant beanbags. And I would spend a lot of my time what? with friends at the beanbags. So, you know, take a what not to do from that. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I was working, um, while I was at university the whole way through, um, and I got a part-time gig at. Apple in the first retail store. So when they first opened retail in Australia on George Street, isn't on it? George Street, yeah. the big um, store, I was like one of the first employees. So I opened that store, no which way. was super fun. Yeah. So we had like all the big dogs fly over, and we had like got literally got to like do all of the cabling and everything, and like set up the store before it even opened. Um, and then I remember opening, like, I will still remember this to the day I die, of, like, the opening night where the whole, um, there was literally a queue the whole way around the block. Um, and we, like, sprinted out and did, like, a lap of the block That's and awesome. high-fived everyone. Um, so, yeah, I was working there part-time during uni. 
um, and I just had the best time. It was so much fun. Um, and then um, slowly started to get more involved with the people stuff while I was there. So um, turned out I really loved training other people. Yeah. Um, I really loved uh, like interacting with new starters. Um, and then um, slowly just kind of evolved that I was starting to do some people admin um, stuff in that store. So um, started doing like their scheduling for all the rosters um, just helping out with um like phone screens for new um hires um and just slowly started building that up yeah um and then about six months before i was due to graduate they offered me a full-time role um doing like people admin for that store right um so i actually like took that um and did like full-time work and full-time uni for the last semester which was pretty crazy um and um and that's kind of where i stuck and then eventually from there moved into the corporate apple team um so the teams at apple kind of separate from the retail um teams and then they have a corporate team that do more like store expansion stuff right um so then i worked in the corporate team as a recruitment coordinator um running like batch days for like batch day hiring for new retail stores so at that point um i think when i was in the retail there was maybe five or six teams across Australia and we you know opened um, new stores down in Melbourne I got to go to Perth and open stores over Jeez, there that's really cool. yeah it was super fun so um, we were building out teams from scratch which was which was really cool um, and anyway loved 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 my job like I was having the best time yeah um, but for me I knew that I always wanted to live overseas um, and I had a boyfriend at the time, he's an ex now, but um, we both really wanted to do that. And we'd been talking about it for like the last year or so, but there was just never the right moment. It was yeah. like, oh, my job's going really well, or his job is going well, or we didn't have the money saved, or we just always had an excuse. Yeah. Um, and I remember one day, just, I don't know, like it was such a like casual conversation where we were like, this is so dumb, like we keep talking about this. Let's just do it, like let's just go on and do it. So I had a British passport, um, which was super lucky, but literally that night he applied for his visa um, and the following week we quit our jobs, um, booked tickets for like two months time, um, saved like mad for two months and then got on a one-way flight to London. Um, quit my like dream job at Apple, um, didn't have any idea what I was going to do when I got to London. Uh, we had this kind of idealistic view that we would just go there, maybe like work part-time in a bar, but like not really be tied down to anything yeah. and just travel through Europe. Um, turns out bar work pays like shit in London. So we didn't last very long. Yeah, the tipping <laughs> yeah. That's what you were expecting. And I was like, oh... I don't know. I'm not very good at late nights. And I think I actually like the routine of having a full-time job. Yeah. So I think I lasted like six weeks and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to go get a real job. Um, so I started working for a company called Cafe Nero. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, which yeah, is look, like my a brother goes to them every day. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Them, yeah. It's kind of like a Starbucks equivalent in yeah. London, I guess. Um, so I was in the HR team there um, doing a maternity leave cover. Um, but when I had been going for that job, I like met with a few different recruitment agencies in London um, to see what, what they had. 
Um, and I remember going into this recruitment agency and her being like, what would your dream job be? Um, like if you could have, if you could work for any company in the world. And I was like, well, I've worked for Apple, which was amazing. So I feel like the only thing that would beat that would be Google. Yeah. Um, and then I got a call from her a year later. So like literally hadn't spoken to her for a year. She called me a year later and was like, so I've got your dream job. Um, and I was really happy at Cafe Nero. Like had a great culture. The team was really great. Um, you Were know, you like in the admin building for Cafe Nero? Yeah, yeah so okay. in the head office. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, and I knew, like, I think I did a couple of weeks temping in like a bank before that. And I was like, I can never go back to wearing a suit yeah. or like working in corporate. So I was really lucky that I got the... Cafe Nero gig because it was great um but I mean you don't turn down Google <laughs> um so I yeah so I interviewed for a contract role um at Google right um and I got that which was amazing um and I started as a recruitment coordinator um uh, and I was on a 11 month contract so when I started they were like there's no guarantee that yeah. it'll go full time but you know I thought it was worth the shot um, so I started, did my year contract, and then I was lucky enough to get converted into a full-time employee. Um, so then I um, worked there for probably about another year. In the London office? In the London office. And then I did a rotation to Sao Paulo in Brazil. No way. Yeah. For which how long? was uh, for eight weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I worked from Sao Paulo for six weeks and Buenos Aires for two. You're kidding, Buenos yeah. Aires. Oh, that's like my number one place. That's it's from, amazing. That's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was like probably one of the best experiences of my that's life. Incredible. It was amazing. Yeah. I just had the best time. And then took a few weeks off and travelled around Peru and stuff, which was epic. Um, so then when I got back to London, I don't know, things for me in London weren't quite the same. I just felt like I was ready for something new. And I think after having a couple of months in Brazil, I was getting itchy feet in London. Yeah. Was, the, was your boyfriend still around? No, we'd broken up at that stage. Right, okay. Um, and I'd been there about four years at this point. Ah, right, 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 yeah. right. So there's only so many London winters I feel like you can do in yeah. one stint as an Australian. That's what Aussies are always complaining yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, like, I, I don't want to do another now. winter. <laughs> um, so, so basically one of my um, clients that I worked with who sat in Dublin had done a rotation to Singapore. Um, and we kind of caught up after I got back and he was like, you know, how are you feeling? I was like, oh, I don't know. I just really feel like I'm ready for something new. And he was like, Em, I just think you'd love Singapore. Like, I think you should think about it. And I, like, it really wasn't on my radar. I'd literally never stepped foot in Singapore before. Um, didn't really know anything about it. Um, but um, as a typical recruiter, he was like, just have an exploratory conversation. So um, I did with one of the managers that sits in Singapore. Um, and she was really great. Um, super supportive and basically like on the spot was like if you want to move to Singapore there'll be a job for you um so so I took a gamble but booked another one-way ticket and moved to Singapore um and um was working um there hiring people for Southeast Asia yeah um so working on um sales hiring um for that market which was super fascinating like an emerging market like that um you know, very, very different to hiring in, like, the UK or Europe Do you look market. for different types of candidates there? And we'll get into the, the type of things that Google looks for, but do you yeah. look for different candidates for different markets? Uh, no, I mean, 
the four kind of key pillars that we look for when we hire someone, um, which I can go into detail on and what each of those kind of look like. Yeah, wait. No, I hate to be um, suspenseful. But yeah. let's, let's not give them away. <laughs> yeah. Let's delve uh, into like the uh, differences. Yeah. So, so those things always will be key. Um, but I guess when you're hiring for a market like Southeast Asia, um, it's actually really hard to find the right people that fit the Google culture. Right. Plus, obviously, come from, you know, a, a country where, um, you know, they're not necessarily westernised in the same way mm. that, um, you know, the US or Australia or the UK is. Um, and things like education and language, um, you know, aren't necessarily at the same standard. Yeah. Um, and so finding people that kind of hit that Google bar um, but have the local knowledge. They'd be um, good for engineers, right? Because they're all STEM educated. Like they have a huge focus on maths, engineering, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Singapore that. office is um, hiring engineers now. Yeah, okay. um, as we weren't at that point when I was there. Right. That's fairly new. Um, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a challenging market to sure. hire for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then I was working, um, hiring like industry. So that's kind of like five years plus, um, in, um, Singapore for Southeast Asia. Um, really having like the best time. I love Singapore. I was away like every second weekend traveling. Yeah. Um, cause it's a great place to do that from. Uh, but I was definitely starting to feel ready to come home yeah um it'd been about five years at that point and my mom mom was still giving me the guilt trip of like we miss you when you're coming <laughs> home um my mom tries to bring me home with food she's oh, like yeah. oh i'm just I'm cooking, cooking I'm just, i just happen to be cooking your favorite lasagna right <laughs> yeah. now <laughs> yeah. yeah my mom does the same she's also on like the baby thing she wants me to have a baby which is like so not gonna happen um but yeah so funny so she was um emotionally blackmailing me basically yeah um and then um, I built a really good relationship with um, the manager of the university program. Is that team. Tony? Uh, no, Sanjeev. Ah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he sat in Singapore, um, but he had a role open as a recruiter in the university programs team in Sydney. Um, and I was actually, when he talked to me about it in Sydney for my best friend's wedding, um, and he like called me and was like, how's Sydney? And I was like, it's really good. He's like how would you feel if you stayed in Sydney? And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, I've got a role. Do you want it? And honestly, I didn't even really have to think about it. It yeah. was just like, yeah, I this think is I caught right up thing. with you during that time because I met you in the cafe and I was like, oh, you'll be back. And you're like, no, but sort of. And oh, did maybe. you go back for a week or something and then yeah, come back? Yeah, I went back for a week. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. I, I saw you in that week and you were like, yeah, I'm sort of back. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was all being sorted out. Yeah, That's cool. yeah, yeah. Couple of questions. Yeah. What do you say to the Aussie who's thinking about moving to London? Because oh, there's a lot of them. I say do it. What's the best part about it? Um, oh, God. So many things. I, like, honestly, London has such a soft spot for me. I would probably move back there, to be honest. Really? I had the best time. Um, but I think as an Aussie moving to London, A, like, the scale of London as a city is completely different to anywhere in Australia. Did you live in Clapham? <laughs> no, I didn't. Thank God. Yeah. First Aussie but I actually, I lived in, um, 
um, so I went, I actually went from like north to west to south. Right, okay. So I lived in like three different places while I was there. That's a good thing to do. Yeah. I've lived in like nine places in Sydney. Just see from every yeah, angle. Yeah, it's, cool it's thing good. It's a good way of seeing it. Um, but I feel like London's a city where you could live your entire life and not see all of it. Yeah. Like there's just so much to do and see. Yeah. And then. Great nightlife, right? Great nightlife. The travel as well for Europe yeah. is so good. And I think you really realise that after you move home of like how far Australia is from <laughs> yeah, no. Especially during Singapore as well because you're in the middle of Southeast Asia. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had to be really purposeful about still travelling, you know, from Sydney because when you're in London or Singapore, it's just on your doorstep. It's yeah. just like second All across nature. Europe. Did you do that? Did you cover Europe and weekend yeah, trips? Yeah, I did quite a lot. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, really good. And also I think as an... What I... What I think was the best thing about London, though, is actually friendships. Yeah. Because when you're in a foreign country and you don't have family around, your friends become your family. Yeah. Um, and I always never wanted to be that Aussie that moved to London and only had Australian friends. Yeah. Um, so Reaching I definitely had some British friends, but I had a lot of Aussie friends over there, which I think just happens. Yeah. Because you're all in the same boat, and so mm. you all become so much closer um, than you would, you know, in if you were from the same city or whatever. Yeah. I used um, to, I had, I had that as well when I moved here. I avoided the Irish people like the plague. I didn't want, I, simply I didn't want to know anything about and yeah. I only hung out with Aussies and you know, I made some great friends that way but it took a while because you don't mean as much to them as they mean to you because you're disposable. You've never been there whereas they're everything to you yeah. because you're all, you're all that. And they're they've all got a whole friendship group from uni or high school yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Um, you know, they've got their family they see on the weekends so... Yeah, it's different, I yeah. guess. Um, but the ones that actually buy in and the ones who become your really good friends, they must really appreciate you because they have all that and they still go for you. Yeah, and, and so, I've got a few of those yeah. who, like, I'm flying <laughs> back to London in a few weeks, actually, for her wedding in Wales. Nice. Yeah, Um. so, yeah, they're friends you'll have for life. It's a cool thing. Yeah. What was the worst, that's a segue, what was the worst part about living alone? Like, loneliness, weather, all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I... I had a lot of ups and downs in London for sure and I think it's um it's it's not an easy city to live in because you know things like the tube every day like makes you hate humans. Yeah, my brother hates yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um uh, and you do like catch yourself um even when I've been back to visit since you know like walking through like really busy Victoria station and there's like people everywhere and you're like I hate like human beings right now and like why does nobody stick right and like it's really easy to get caught into that mentality um and I think it's the first year 18 months for me was tough because exactly as you said like it's that breaking through with the Mm. especially with like the English people um there because yeah you have to kind of crack the shell a little bit yeah um and I think once you do as I said like friends for life but that first year 18 months was was pretty tough yeah um so yeah I think it, it it's hard as well because a lot of Aussies go there for two years because of the two-year visa yeah um and I wouldn't have been ready to go home in two years I think that would have been really hard but a lot I of your think, friends leave you yeah. know what I mean? That's and tough. And it's so transient. Yeah, Everyone's in and out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it has it has lots of pros and cons, I guess. And what about Singapore then? Because I love yeah. Singapore because I, I, I lived there for like 
four or five or six weeks in a hotel. Yeah, yeah. Five weeks in a hotel. Like, yeah. L- first job living in Singapore, three weeks out of uni. It was I know. perfect. But, so I saw the best part of it. I was like, oh, this out every night, all that stuff, great fun. Yeah. But to live in, I don't know if I could live there. It seems like everyone's just there for work, for money. It's like sort of soulless. Or... Yeah, no, soulless is, and this sounds harsh, but probably the word I use to describe it. So, Again, I had the best year. Like, the travel was amazing. The friends I made in Singapore. Yeah. Like, so, some of my best friends. Um, but the, the city or country itself lacks character. Yeah. Um, and I think after living in somewhere like London, I found that really difficult. Um, and unless you travel, there isn't a huge amount to do. I mean, it's really hot to mm. start off with. So it's humid all the time. Um, and, um, and there's not much like outdoorsy stuff or like museums or galleries and stuff like that. It's really limited. Um, so for me, I had to be really purposeful about making sure I had a trip booked like minimum once a month. Yeah. If not twice. But it's um, cheaper. I'm, well, I was hanging out with investment bankers there who probably spent a lot of money anyway. <laughs> but they were saying that it was cheaper for them to go to Bali for the weekend than to go out in Singapore. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Because you go for like brunch and have like one drink and that would be like $100. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and then you can get, you know, a flight to, to Bali return for like $150. Yeah, crazy. Um, and then once you're in Bali, it's super cheap. So I think I went to Bali five times really? in that year. Yeah, I love Bali. So yeah, I think it would be like, I used to really want to live there when I was in uni. I visited there for a week of work experience and I was like, this is it. Just stay here, go to Bali every weekend or go yeah. to like different places every weekend, Hong Kong. I think but, it's great for a time. Yeah. I just think it has a, um, like a, it has to have an end date. Yeah, I hundred percent agree from my from my experience there. But yeah. it's cool. You've done some awesome. Um, you've done some awesome traveling and living abroad. Like more yeah. than I think maybe anyone I know. It's really really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's been cool. I think um, three offices so far. So yeah. let's see if I can tick any more off the list. We'll see. That's class. Yeah. And Rio and Buenos Aires yeah, that's as well true. To, yeah, to visit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Google's great for that actually for giving you the kind of global passport and, uh, and an opportunity to move around and yeah for me it's been great because I get to partner you know a career and a job that I really like with traveling which yeah. for me is, is it's perfect yeah yeah exactly yeah so talking about Google then I think yeah. a few people would be interested to know what do Google actually look for in candidates so for yeah. me I, I have no idea why they went for me I was working in the bank and I came down here one day to meet um, Kendall my manager the girl yeah. who hired me for a coffee and I was like I don't, I don't know anything about what you guys do I didn't know there was a sales team and all this sort of stuff <laughs> Yeah. and uh, didn't know anything about AdWords or any of the advertising platform but I was yeah. really really honest about it mm-hmm. and then she said okay go study it up I'll put you through for interviews and see how that goes and yeah. the, the interviews are largely like behavioural they were like what do you like as a person just chit chatting about random stuff Yeah. and then it kind of happened so yeah, I'm sure they snuck usual. some difficult questions in there that you didn't recognize maybe as difficult. Um, but basically, through the interview process at Google, we'll always cover four attributes. Um, so we cover role-related knowledge. Role-related, um, yeah. Yep. Your leadership skills. Um, so it's not about being a manager or anything like that, but how you demonstrate leadership in different ways. I can go into detail on each of them. Um, and then uh, your problem-solving skills. And then the last one is Googliness. 
Um, so for role-related knowledge, I guess what they're looking for is transferable skills. So you might not be an expert on AdWords, for example, mm. but if you've got really good like relationship building skills, um, for example, in sales, yeah. then that would be a transferable skill. Um, so what they're looking for is really from all of the experience that you've had at university, you know, part-time jobs, internships, or any work experience, what skills have you picked up from those experiences that would be transferable into that particular role that they're hiring you for? Um, So that's a role related. The leadership stuff, you know, as I said, it's not about being a manager. It's really about how you show leadership in, again, the different experiences um, or, um, you know, opportunities that you've had. So, you know, how do you work cross-functionally? How do you collaborate with people? Um, you know, how do you show influencing skills without necessarily being in a position of authority? Um, what know. sort of examples do uni students give there where they, if they haven't maybe done much? They've only done, say, an internship. Where... It could honestly be on like a group assignment. Like it could be a, something as simple as that because if you had a group assignment and, you know, people weren't submitting their work on time, you'd have to influence or motivate those people in order to get the job done. Yeah. Um, so it can be like a small example as that. Um, it could be if through extracurricular activities, so maybe you play sport, you know, that might show yeah. um, some leadership skills. You might be part of a society. Um, so there's tons of societies on campus. You know, are you involved in any of those and how do you demonstrate leadership in that? Yeah. Um, so there's tons of different ways that you can show that without being in a position of authority. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, the problem solving piece is often where people get like a bit tripped up. Um, so I guess like a lot of people hear the rumors on Google interview questions, like how many golf balls be yeah. in a jumbo jet? Um, or if anyone's seen like the internship, you know, some of the crazy questions they get What's asked What's that there. one? What would you do if you were tiny in a blender? Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that scene. Yeah, That's so, so good. good. Um, so like, yeah, don't stress. We don't ask questions like that. Um, but we ask questions that test your problem solving ability. Um, and really what they're looking for there is for you to demonstrate that you understand the problem you've been faced with. So, you know, do you need to ask clarifying questions to better understand what, what it is, or even like as simple as re-summarizing, you know, and then what kind of data points or factors do you have to take into account? in order to build out a solution. So, you know, Google loves data. There might be data that you would want to collect, for example, and then want, or even guesstimate around. Like you yeah. don't need to have numbers off the top of your head, but you know, you can you can guesstimate as long as you've got some kind of rationale yeah. for why you're guesstimating that way. Um, and then, you know, how do you use that information or data or factors to actually loop back and answer the question or the problem you've been faced with? Um, and then, like, how do you justify that based off those points? Yeah, the consulting um, firms do that as well. So they might say, like, how long does it take? How many hours does it take two guys to paint a house, to paint yeah. this house? And you say, okay, there's 40 walls on the house. Each wall is, um, like, 10 meters squared. It takes 20 minutes to do a meter squared. Exactly. Two guys, bang, 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 mats. I'm not yeah. going to do now. Mats, mats. <laughs> I know. And then you say, I still I wonder how hours. I get in with that one sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, exactly like that. So I think it's a pretty popular way of interviewing at the moment um, with a lot of companies. So, you know, you might be familiar with that. And then the last one is Googliness. Um, so, and again... guys, that's not a joke word. That's a very serious word. No, thing it's in a Google. serious yeah. word. Yeah. We, we live and breathe Googliness. Um, and really what that means, you know, and I think it's, it's one of those ones that people find really hard to define, um, but 
you know, it's it's things like how do you drive for self development? Yeah. Um, you know, how do you thrive in ambiguity or work in a fast paced environment? Um, you know, how do you work with a team? Um, teamwork is super important at Google. Um, you know, do you do the right thing? So when everybody else's back is turned, are you still, you know, doing the right thing? Yeah. Do you put our users first? Um, you know. Uh, so it's a, it's a combination of lots of different um, things there that, yeah. that kind of builds out our culture. It's not defined, is it? Everyone's got it's their own kind of definition. It's very difficult to define, yeah. yeah. My little, my idea, a definition of it is, like, I think about why it exists, and I think Larry and Sergey, the founders, were probably thinking, what is, like, let's look for that factor in someone that we'd be okay leaving the keys with them. As yeah. in, like, they be the being the face of the business, they're gonna do the right thing, they're gonna put the right foot forward, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a nice way of thinking about it. Um, and I think, you know, we're lucky in that sense because, you know, five years at Google, I honestly, you know, and and not that you don't have challenges with people or you have difficult conversations sometimes, but I've never come across anyone that's heart wasn't in the right place. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I I think that's pretty special yeah it's an amazing thing that's my the the thing i give google the most credit for is creating an organization that has a really good collective mindset like where people just genuinely want to do the right thing Thing. yeah and they kind of they're they're very encouraging as well they encourage personal development amongst each other all that sort of stuff yeah it's a great culture to be a part of for sure particularly i think if you're um if you're young if you're in your 20s and you're still forming as a person such a great place to learn and well that's to, why i came here yeah that's well, <laughs> like I, I didn't want to i didn't i wasn't interested in advertising i wasn't interested in tech and i wasn't interested in sales but i knew that i was on the verge of like some personal development at the age of 23 yeah and i said that's the place to do it like in that environment there's going to be a place to do it yeah and you're surrounded by people who a support that um but b just have you have so much to learn from yeah you know like you know, people might find my story interesting, but there's 20 people out there with a like far more it's interesting incredible. story than me. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, what makes it so special yeah, as well. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm. Um, so I'm still thinking about the uni student who's listening to this thinking, okay, crap, like, maybe I tick all these boxes, maybe I don't, but even if I do, where do I show it? So do they show it on their CV? Are, are they able to show it? Like, is it scanned through on their CV or something? How is that Yeah, locked? so um, we've closed our applications now for our intern and grad roles for the year. Half these people are Irish, so they might still be open in their own hemisphere. Uh, okay, so in Dublin, I think that they probably open in the next month or so. Right, okay. Yeah. So apply. Um, but basically, um, we review all of the applications. So um, Manually? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've just kind of finished that process for Australia at the moment, um, which right. takes a lot of time. So it's not imagine. like a computer, like, oh, they scan through looking for words like leadership or no. number one or first. No. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Does that exist? Someone told me. Um, some, not I like think Google, like but... some of the, like again, consulting kind of firms okay. use that sort of okay. stuff. Um but yeah, we we try and stay clear of that. Yeah, do more human yeah. work. Nice. Um, so, and I think you can definitely show that on your CV. So, you know, when I'm reviewing a CV, I guess what I'm looking for is, you know, a well-rounded student. So, and, and by being well-rounded, you know, you often are able to demonstrate some of those attributes that we'd be looking for. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously your studies and your grades are, are one thing, but then definitely not everything we take into account. So if you don't have the perfect GPA, don't stress. Yeah. Like you can still get into Google. Um, and then, you know, showing that you've taken up 
um, experiences, whether it's part-time work or other internships, things like that, that would develop some, some of your skills that mm. would be transferable to a role at Google. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then that extracurricular piece is really important. So again, like societies, um, you know, doing, um, you know, maybe it's like debating or a sport or whatever it is, drama, you know, it could be anything. Um, but just showing that you've got, um, you know, again, that self-development piece yeah. um, outside of your studies and your work. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of the, the three things. And then it's, I guess it's like the, the combination. Um, but, you know, things that exist if you're looking for a, a role at Google in particular, you know, again, on that self-development piece, like we've got some great resources out there, like the Google Online Marketing Challenge, which you can take. Um, Digital Garage, which is like an online training um, video like portfolio. Um, And that's really good, not if you just wanted a job at Google, but actually anywhere where you're looking at digital advertising, because a lot of those um, videos cover not just Google advertising products, but, um, you know, social, um, you know, even I think there's like um, some print stuff on there. So loads of different, um, training videos. Mm. Um, so, you know, doing things like that as well, show that you've got, you know, an interest, um, in the area that we're looking to hire into and you demonstrate that self-development piece as well. Do you know what I love about this? When people think, oh, like say I've got a friend who's doing something phenomenal. He's quitting a job and he's going to row from Ireland to the Caribbean, like all across the Atlantic, rowing a bloody boat. He's going to row? Yeah, he's like insanely fit. Oh my God, does fit. he have the biggest um, arms of all time? He, I'll show you a picture of him. He's <laughs> the fittest guy I know. Um, so you look at someone like that and you think, God, you're kind of like, you know, jeopardizing your career by doing that. And that's a bold move and it's you're, you're putting something else before your career yeah. what I love is that these things are actually being rewarded more in mm-hmm. recruiting circles now they're kind of like that guy's going to come back from the trip hopefully still alive yeah. and um, a recruiter's going to say to him god you did that that's amazing that's much more impressive than yeah. the guy who just stayed and did an extra bloody course or something like that yeah that's, like that stuff gets rewarded in in the in career circles now so yeah. you're not jeopardizing your career by doing it you're actually helping your cv you know yeah totally i think so matt Britton, who heads up the sales organization for europe he's a ex-olympic rower no way yeah right yeah and there's another guy, Matt, who is one of the directors in the team I sit in, who used to be a lawyer, um, and then he moved to Africa and open, and started an NGO to help women get into the workforce in Africa. What? And now he like leads a recruiting team at Google. So, you know, you can do all types of yeah. crazy things and different pathways to get in for yeah, sure. That's yeah, that's my my like if if. Anyone, is, if someone's to take away anything from this, it's that it's not either or with nah. the fun stuff, the cool stuff, the adventures, or the career. Yeah. The one feeds directly into the other, and increasingly so. Like Google are hiring like this, Facebook, LinkedIn, all these tech companies who are yeah. hiring half the best talent out there out of, out of uni now. Yeah. They're rewarding this behavior. Yeah. As opposed to the banks and all the kind of old fashioned traditional hirers who only hired off grades and rewarded grades yeah These and you might think that like oh it's he's just like rowing and you're like well no actually a lot of the um you know mindset and skill set yeah. that's needed in order to do that 
is actually really useful skills for somewhere like yeah, Google. Like yeah. serious dedication, hard work, commitment. Going through know. pain like and worry and all that. Like, God, it's incredible yeah. what he's doing. So He asked me I to do it with him last year and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then like my heart would probably not make it out of Irish waters, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, good for him. And I love, I really want to encourage people to do stuff like that because it does get rewarded and it's not either or. No. On that note, what would stu- like what can students do to help themselves get a job in this day and age? Because it's getting competitive, but it is yeah. getting kind of you, you're able to cool shit gets rewarded more. Yeah, so I think it's kind of I guess those three things of obviously you know keep your eye on the prize as far as study and all of that stuff. Um, but where can you gain experience outside of that? So yeah. again, um, you know even if it's um, part time work, um, other internships. Um, you know, and think about what it is, like what skills it is that you want to learn or develop mm. and look for opportunities that match that. So, you know, it might not, you might be like, okay, I want a job at Google, but maybe like step, take a step back and think, okay, well, what kinds of things, you know, would they be looking for if I was to apply for a job? And then where could I get experience or exposure um, where I build skills um or um, you know mindsets that would be transferable into that. Um, so a lot of people are okay. Well, I have to go get a um, you know internship at Uber or Facebook or um, you know one of the other tech companies first, and then I start at Google. So actually, you know, it it could be, it could be anything. Um, and and when we look at the profiles of people that we hire, there's not like one like yeah, not a one size fits all. Yeah, exactly. Um, so and again I like as you said I think it's like exposing yourself to to other stuff that's going to grow you as a person. Yeah. So um think about the kinds of things that you love and you're passionate about. Um and I think if you put time and investment into that not only will it make you happier um but you'll probably, you know, build some skills that would be um you know favorable to an employer. Yeah. One thing I'd really want to encourage people to do as well is to kind of demand more from their career than they are. So some people will want to say, I want to work at Google. I'll sweep the floors in there. I don't care what it is. I just want to be in there. Yeah. They should demand more from their career than that. They should, they should want more than to just be in the door of somewhere. They should look for a job that they're going to be good at, that they're going to enjoy, that yeah. they're going to be able to contribute to and grow in. Rather 100%. than just say, I'll do anything just to be in the door there, you know? Yeah, and I think an interview should be a two-way process. Yes. Like, it's not us interviewing you and you being like, okay, you know, you're through and, and you know, it immediately being like, okay, yeah, of course, like, where do I start sweeping the floors? Yeah, exactly. Not that we would ever ask you to do that. But, you know, you've got to figure out whether the role is right for you, whether the culture is right for you, you know, if it's going to be the right learning opportunity, the right place to start your career, you know, there's tons of things for a student to think about um, and whether a role is right for them, not just, like, taking whatever they can get. Yeah. Um, which I know is difficult because, you know, like, you're a student and you want to get paid and you want a job <laughs> and, like, you're trying to build out your career and, you know, that's intimidating and, and kind of scary. Um, but you've got to make sure you're making the right choices for yeah, you. Yeah, and think longer term. Don't just, like, if you're falling, don't just grab the first thing you can hold on to because it might be something that's solid or that you might, yeah. might, might be somewhere you want to stay. Like, choose where you're going to go. And on, on the flip side of that, like, you're not committing your life to one path either. So, you know, if you take a job, um, you know, I don't know, in finance or something, and you feel like that, okay, that's where you want to go and what you want to do. And then a few years in, you're like, actually, I hate finance. 
like don't feel like you're stuck in finance yeah. for the rest of your life like i think is it the fact like um, people change careers like six times or something in their lifetime really is that the something new crazy like that so people are chopping and changing all the time and that's yeah. totally okay is that so yeah i've got a friend right now who's worried about that he's worried about how often he jumps around and what i said to him was um when that comes up in the interview, say, mm. and they say, why are you jumping around so much? If you've actually got a reason as to why you did it, and if you're kind of clearly making progress with your thinking as you move through these different roles, yeah, I can't see it being that big a problem. Like, I quit finance because I don't like the numbers side of it, and then I went to Google and did sales, and I didn't like that because I wanted something more intellectual. So then I went to consulting and did that, but I, yeah. then I realized I wanted to move into consulting and energy. Yeah. And then I did that, and then I realized it wasn't energy, it was electricity. <laughs> and so you're narrowing, narrowing, narrowing in until yeah. you, you wind up on your niche area, electricity consulting yeah, yeah. from finance because you learned Eight bit by bit. Of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah, true? And I, think, I, think, um, I could well be wrong. Yeah, I think it's, there's two sides of it. One of like showing some kind of like progression. Um, so that you're um, at, at least moving in kind of a direction that you want to move in. And I think you've always got to make, you shouldn't stay in a job just because it will look good on your CV because I don't think you should, if you're not happy, you know, I don't think you should be staying in something just for the sake of like an extra year on your CV. What about the two year thing? People want to stay for two years. Yeah, and but on the flip side of that, you know, if you are chopping and changing and it, there isn't really a story there, mm. um, it does... It, it can demonstrate, you know, things of like, you know, maybe, you know, when the going gets tough, do you know, do you kind of just get up and leave, yeah. you know, or, you know, whatever the scenario is. So you've kind of got to think, you know, if you are making that choice, are you making it for the right reasons and, and still able to show that on your CV that there's some kind of progression or yeah. choice there? Um, because otherwise if you're just flipping from like, tech company to tech company for example and it's just like more of the same but mm. different places then that would maybe question you're just trying out different restaurants yeah, yeah. um but the two-year thing is that a myth or is that like you say it depends if it's i think the story. it depends on the scenario yeah yeah fair yeah. enough because I, I know a lot of people kind of keep that in the front of their mind and freak out about it yeah the two-way the two-way interview thing is something i'm very interested in I was actually only thinking about i think two or three days ago mm. um i was thinking that if I get turned down from a company mm. and I'm really disappointed, mm. uh, in a way I should be kind of grateful because it's their responsibility if I apply to them to say we're not a fit for each other, even though you, like, whether or not I am, they could say you're a good candidate and you'd add value, mm. but you're not a fit for us. So because you wouldn't enjoy this, I'm going to turn you down. Yeah. That's the company's job, and I think a lot of grads forget that. So they, they get the rejection letter, and they think, I'm yeah. not good enough. Yeah. But actually, sometimes it could well be the company saying, you know what, this probably isn't for you, and I'm going to do you a favor right now. And yeah, and a lot of, I mean, you know, there are, there are tons of different reasons you could potentially not make it through the process, and I think that's why we've got those four attributes that mm. we really focus on to make sure that we're being consistent in our hiring process. But also you're interviewing for a particular role, right? So if that role isn't a fit for you, that doesn't mean you're not a fit for Google or for that company. It means that particular role not, might not yeah. be a fit. And there are tons of people that might apply for multiple different roles um, or that you know we have in our system when we revisit when a role comes up that's more suitable um, because you know it, it's not just getting into Google, it's also being hired for a particular role. Yeah. 
Um, so you've got to think about the role fit as well as the company fit. Yeah. Yeah. Four people actually, because when I was in uni, a couple of my friends went to work for Google. I didn't know what, I didn't even apply and didn't, it didn't even cross my mind because mm. I didn't know what I would have done there. I thought you had to be able to code. I yeah. knew, like that's how little I knew about yeah. it. So just to anyone who out, who's out there who, was, who is in the same position as I was in in uni, not having a clue about Google, it's basically split in two. Yeah. And, and you correct me where, like I've, I've dumbed it down for myself, split in two, engineers and salespeople. And mm-hmm. the sales engineers build all the products, they're geniuses, I won't yeah. even pretend to understand what they do. The salespeople then work, uh, probably about 60-70% are probably working the ads teams, would that be yeah. right? Where you've got basically broken down into three. So you've got large customer sales and services, mm-hmm where you deal with the people who spend the most amount of money on Google's advertising products, huge insurance companies and travel companies, whatever. Mm-hmm. Next down, you've got uh, the mid-market. So yeah. same type of thing, spending a fair amount of money on Google and kind of big enough partners and managing them. That also, people work directly with the clients and with agencies then who work with yeah. a lot of clients at once. And then down below that, the small businesses. So mm-hmm. uh, dealing with much more customers who spe- spend less individually, but together spend still probably an equal amount. So yeah. it's a large part of account management and sales then. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it sales would be hardware, Google Home, the phones. Uh, cloud. Uh, cloud. Yeah, sorry, yeah. cloud's a yeah. big part of it as yeah, well, yeah. which is like competing with Microsoft Office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Am I missing anything? No, I think, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I think so when we're looking at hiring interns um, or grads, um, we're generally hiring into um, that kind of mid-market um, or lower spending teams. Yeah. Um, and But I guess how I kind of explain, so there's two kind of main roles that we hire the interns and grads for. The um, One is on the sales side. And so what that really is doing is managing ongoing relationships with businesses or clients so you know what are they currently doing as far as digital advertising you know where do they want to get their business to you know what's their overall marketing strategy and then how can they better use Google's advertising products to help get their business to that point um, and then so they're kind of I guess like proactive right you're being um, proactive with your relationship um, and building revenue for Google. Um, and then our other team is our customer experience team. Um, so we also hire interns and grads into this team as well. And they're more inbound. So of those existing clients, if one of them has a question about their account or they're not too sure about something, or there seems to be like some kind of billing error or like the, uh, you know, the um, click isn't working, whatever it might be, they come inbound into that team. Um, and they're kind of like product experts. So they really understand the product yeah. well. Um, they understand how the back end works and then they problem solve for those customers and um, provide a solution and make sure they're happy and, yeah. and walk away with a good customer experience. So they're not working towards revenue targets. They're more about keeping our customers happy. Yeah. Um, while um, on the sales side, they're um, building um, you know, advertising solutions. Yeah. So that's kind of how I'd summarize the two. And a great um, place to start teams. because with those jobs, with both those jobs, you get really in-depth product knowledge and then you're able to go anywhere in Google, which yeah. a lot of people do. They do those for a couple of years and then go into somewhere yeah. that they've seen that they might have been more interested in. Yeah. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, to finish up then. Uh-huh. Some quick fires. Any books that you'd recommend these guys to read? No, you know, and this is based off both your Google experience and your own personal experience um, of traveling and so on. Yeah, so... Good question. Um, I would say, so I've read a book 
um, 10 Ways to Happiness, right, which okay. is really good. Very, like, quick and simple, easy, um, just, like, good things to have in your pocket as far as, like, keeping a happy mentality. Right. Um, and then um, The Seven Ways to Influence. I. That's, um, what's his name? Um, Influ- oh, oh, hang on. Seven Ways to Influence or Building Friends and Influencing People? Uh, there's seven ways, seven ways to, to influence. influence. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. I read that really early on in my career, and I think that that's um, that was really good. Like again, some key skill sets yeah. there. Um, and then on a more personal level, I just finished watching Handmaid's Tale, so I'm going back and reading the book. Handmaid's Tales. Yeah, have I've you never not? heard of it. <gasps> oh my god. I kind of live under a rock, but that's okay. <laughs> you need Is to it watch on Netflix it. Or what? It's on. So if you're in Australia, it's on SBS on demand. Right. So you can watch it online. Um, I I think. Every man, but particularly every woman in the world, needs to A, read the book and really? B, watch the series. Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably not first. I think Mark is just under a <laughs> <Yeah>. rock. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is out there thinking, what an idiot. Yeah. Uh, me, not you. Uh, resources. Resources to learn about all this sort of job stuff. And, to you know, people get so scared about this stuff. And yeah. I understand. It's a big part of life. So, but I, mean, yeah. I mean, I think, A, if you're interested in Google opportunities, <laughs> jump online and set up um, alerts. Um, so if a nice. job pops up that might interest you, you'll get an alert to your email. So that's Google Alerts. Just type into Google, Google, Google Alert Setup, and then it'll go from there. Yeah, um, you can do that through the job site. Um, but I, I think tons of companies have that option as yeah. well. Um, or, you know, most of our jobs these days get posted on LinkedIn. Um, so oh, I yeah. think that's a good resource to to um, search jobs on. Yeah, LinkedIn's huge for that stuff now. Yeah. I think that's and it's becoming so quick and easy to apply for jobs. Yeah, as well. I don't know how many of the job um like job boards we use to be honest. Right. Um, but most of them are posted on LinkedIn, or um you know through your university as well. So we have really strong relationships with a lot of the universities. Yeah. Um. So we we did um like a six-week travel around Australia and New Zealand, came out to a load of campuses, and so they do cool. the same thing in Europe. So uh, look out for us on campus as well. Yeah, and Irish people are very lucky that Google are the, probably the, one of the biggest employers in Ireland, and yep. Ireland is the hub of Google in Europe as Europe, well. So yep. um, there'd be lots and lots of jobs. And they're huge on grads there, I think, as well, from what I've heard from friends up there. Yep, lots of opportunities so there. So definitely give that a crack. And And... One theme to take away from this is like, don't be kind of daunted by the Google name. They're looking for the person, not the grades and mm. so on. And so, you know, give it a crack. It's, it, it's You've literally got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. And yeah. it's a very unconventional hi- hiring method. So, um, you know, don't kind of feel like you're, you're not up to it or anything like that. Mm. What would you do differently if you're in uni days now? It sounds like the beanbag room was pretty good. Yeah, I would probably go to class. Um, would probably be my number one, and like read my readings because I was a honestly I was a terrible uni student. Right. So don't go off. Um, but then I didn't get hired into Google straight out of uni, so that's yeah, probably you went why. Away there, yeah. Yeah. And again, that 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 kind of happens as well. If you went to a couple of. Um, less reputable firms and just develop yourself as a person and as a yeah. professional the door is always there yeah exactly um, so you don't have like to join at a grad yeah. level or anything it's not no. like you've never missed the boat or anything um and if you do join later you probably will appreciate it more as well because you have something to compare it to why do you get out of bed in uni and why do you get out of bed now how has that changed um why did i get out of bed at uni uh i, didn't. <laughs> I mean yeah it was way later than it is now <laughs> that's for sure um 
I think, like, I was lucky I had good friends at uni, so it was more like, oh, I can't wait to go get a coffee and yeah. hang out with my mates. Um, and then why do I get out of bed now? Um, I love coming to work. Like, yeah. I know that sounds really cliche, but um, I love my team. Like, we have so much fun and... Um, I mean, there's a good breakfast to be had when you get here, so that's Strong always a breakfast. plus. Um, but, yeah, I really love being around the people I work with and doing my job, so that kind of keeps me going. Yeah, that's a very cool thing. Mm. And lastly then, any inspirational quote for these guys that has kind of driven you at any point or that you get anything oh. out of? There's a few of them going around. It's so funny because, like, on Instagram, I feel like you just see, like, thousands of things. Oh, yeah. And now I can't remember any. <laughs> Mine was What's the yours? one... What's yours? Well, uh, I've got... There's a couple that have come over time, but there's always one that I remember because the first time I ever went to the gym was... That sounds weird. I was, like, 10, and I was with my dad and my brother because they were big into it, and they brought me along to the Neptune Hotel in Bedistan, <laughs> in with the little village I'm from. And the... Uh, thing on the wall it was, one of the, it was the first one of those motivational things I'd seen on the wall and it said the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just that little extra oh, and that's so cool. it was kind of like a keep working type of thing I and, like that yeah, it was a bit cool. extra so that's always the one that means the most to me because it was it drove me through my teens I yeah. guess yeah I'll have to come back to you on that one. Yeah, feel Sorry. free. Well, absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks so thanks, much for joining Mark. us. Thanks, It was um, really fun. Thanks for all the advice to those guys as well. Fascinating life story. Um, <laughs> that should be inspiring to a lot of people. I well, think. hopefully there's a bit more to come. So yeah, there'll be <laughs> a lot more to come. Yeah. Stay tuned, exactly. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks a lot. See you, team. Bye. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, pretty interesting. Two, in two ways, I guess, I would split that up. So firstly is M's incredible experience so far and then secondly is the recruiting side so there's a lot of lessons from both I think with M's experience um, a couple of big things if travel is a priority for you there's and this reflects what we were saying with Joel last week as well there's no reason you can't build a career and travel the world at the same time particularly with the big companies so it's not one or the other. You can do both together. And if you want to, I would certainly suggest going with um, an international, like a big international company that will have setups all over the world because transfer can actually be quite easy and fluid between those firms. And I know Google's very, very good at accommodating people's uh, transfer goals and, and kind of travel goals. And I know all the other companies, particularly the tech companies, but everyone would be... Uh, would be quite similar. So if you want to travel, you can build a career at the same time and just try to do it with one of the big firms that will accommodate it. Another thing we learned there is that your uni plans, we're starting to notice this pattern here where everyone had different plans in uni to what they're doing already by the age of about 25, 26. So um, no matter what the uni plans are, it's not like they're definitely going to get wiped away, but just be prepared for the fact that you might find yourself moving off that course uh, quite sooner than expected and if you are and if you do that's not a problem it happens to everyone it often happens naturally because you grow up and kind of change what you want out of life and so on so it's actually it can be a very good thing and definitely nothing to worry about then from the recruiting side of things um, think about how tech firms hire so I mean we talked about my friend doing that rowing which is incredible He's probably going to be more hireable and in higher demand um, after that trip than he is even now. And he's already got a really good job. Um, 
But when you do something incredible like that, as M said, it's nothing to do with the, the nature of the work, like he's just rowing. But when you put yourself out of your comfort zone like that and take on these extreme challenges and so on, that's an incredible trait to have and, and demonstrating that and doing it and, and then just yourself enjoying the experience of doing that. That That's, well, A, that's what, what life's all about, but B, modern companies are starting to realize that that's what life is all about and that's what makes for an outstanding person. And so it makes you more hireable as opposed to less hireable. So if you've got that one thing you've always wanted to do, go and give it a crack and um, it's not going to come back to bite you in the long run. You heard about the four pillars that Google hires off. Every company is going to have um, pillars like that. And to be honest, more or less the same pillars. Google has the Googliness thing added in, but everybody looks for leadership in the others. Um, so bear that in mind. And then just to those of you who are interested in uh, the money side of things, what recruiting is like. Recruiting is basically, it's a sales-driven a job as any other sales job. So... Um, it's going to work the same way with a base salary that is pretty good, probably about uh, 70% of, of uh, a market price base salary, and then you have commission on top of that based on um, how many kind of sales you can get, how many candidates you can get in, etc. So you would expect, similar to a sales job, um, probably between sixty to 80,000 Aussie dollars, and then commission up to maybe uh, 120 type of thing. Uh, at the age of about 25 to 27. And then it would only go upwards from there. So again, with the euro, divide that by about uh, two, and you should have a similar um, similar gauge of what that would be like in Ireland. So I hope you guys uh, benefited from that. I think it was very interesting. And one last thing, go out and when you're doing interviews, make them two-way interviews. Ask the firm why you should join them as opposed to them just asking you why they should hire you. Make sure you land at the right place. You don't want to wind up in a place um, just because of the badge on the outside of the building, and then you end up not liking uh, the culture within a couple of weeks. Um, so make sure you do your research and ask them your questions as well. That's becoming much more prevalent um, as time goes on as well. So that's it for the digest. Um, see you at the next episode.